NYP fam, welcome to another episode. And today's part two of our interview with Jeremy Enns, and we're going to get into that in just a minute. But before we do that, I want to get into a topic that came up for me because I was submitting an application to speak at Podcast Movement. And if you guys have not been to Podcast Movement, I went several weeks ago and the event was great. I really just enjoyed being around as many podcasters are there. I mean, there's not a ton of events where it's just podcasters. So in any case, keeping my fingers crossed and hopefully they'll decide that I am worthy of speaking on their stage. But I wanted to just touch on the topics that I submitted for the session because I was really thinking about what are the things that I've been doing? What are the things that I could talk about? And the title of the session or the title of the proposed session is creating the perfect podcast promotion plan. And maybe it's just a clickbaity, catchy title. But I really tried to think about what are the things that I've been doing for both my clients, for our show, you know, where's the secret sauce? And I realized that it's not just one thing. And I think that that is a really big challenge for a lot of podcasters is that there is so many different routes. There's so many different strategies. There's so many different ways to be able to do it that not only does it take a lot of time to be able to learn it, then you've got to actually take the time to execute it. And so it just, it takes a lot of time and money to even just try any of these things. But then what if you get it wrong? What if you don't pick the right route and you end up wasting all of your time and money doing things that aren't working. I've been there. I've done that. I regret to say that I've done that with and for some of our clients. And a big thing that we've always tried to do with the shows that we are promoting and with the shows that we're working with is do what's working and do more of that. And we've had to change and adjust over the years to really make sure that we are putting our efforts on the things that are really driving the needle. So with that being said, I will keep you up on what is going on and whether or not you can come see me in Dallas this August or whether or not you'll just have to tune into the show to get all the content. Either way, we're going to keep diving into how we can continue to grow, continue to market and monetize your show. So know that you're going to be getting that here. All right, so let's wrap up today's interview. And to share a little bit about how the sausage is made, just to quote one of my old mentors, Tim Rode, the reason that we cut up the interview into smaller pieces is to really make sure that they are consumable and really make sure that they're memorable, that they're easy for you to go in and take action on, or that they're easy for you to digest and process and actually integrate into your show and into your systems and into your workflow. So If you haven't gone back and listened to episode one, I would encourage you to do that. But the second episode, Jeremy dives deeper into what it takes to be a successful podcaster. And he also gets into a little bit more about why feedback from your listeners is so important. We talk a bit about creativity, and then we even talk a bit about some of the ways that you can get involved with Jeremy. So without further ado, let's get into today's interview with Jeremy Enns. And that's one of the things that I think people who who end up being successful with their podcasts, with their content. They just love the topic so much that they just want to explore it, whether or not they have any other listeners. And so being able to do that and work through that and find that thing, both that works for you and then also resonates with other people. That's kind of at this, this ground level of marketing that I don't think people spend enough time on. And I don't think uh, it's hard to like help someone do that. You can walk someone through that, but 
reading a blog post, you're probably not going to get there. You can read a blog post and get easily like, okay, here's five ways to, you know, set up a cross promotion with another podcaster. And that's great. Okay. That's easy. I can follow that. It's easy to write. It's easy for me as a reader to take that and apply that. But it's all that like mushier work that's, that actually makes the other marketing work. Like that's, that's where you have to start. And I think it's just like this big, messy part of creative work that we just all have to go through. And a big part of that is just like continuing to slog through it and experiment, keep an open mind, research what other people are doing, and just do a lot of internal reflection on your own process and your own excitement around it and talking to your audience a lot. All that stuff that we like hear about that we should be doing and often don't at the start, why that eventually you keep doing it long enough and you start to have these conversations with your listeners and you realize like, oh, this is this is why everybody says that I should be doing that because I get more ideas. I get an understanding of what's working, of what's not working, of what the gaps are. They give me content ideas, like everything just becomes better. But for so many people, I mean, getting feedback can be hard initially for podcasters in the first place. So that's not always just an easy thing when you don't have listeners early on. I think it's on you again. It's always kind of adopting this internal locus of control kind of and being able to say, okay, I need to go out and find those listeners, even if maybe they're not even listeners yet. But I know that I should be able to find 10 people for whom I believe my show is perfect. And if you show that show to those 10 people and, and just say, hey, I could use your feedback. This is something I'm, I'm creating for people like you. And can you just listen to 10 minutes and let me know, like, is this something you'd listen to? And if you have said basically that these are those 10 people who are the perfect fit for your show and they come back and they're like, yeah, I mean, it was, it was decent. Like there's a problem there. There's a gap between like your show's not as good as you think it is for these people, or they're the wrong people for your show. And so that's a place to start. And if they are like, oh, wow, this is like the best show I've ever heard. This feels like it was made for me. You're like, okay, I'm on the right track. Now I just need to find another 10 people like this. And it's about like, doing the legwork early on is how I like to think about it to go out and like find those people, get your show in front of them on a one-to-one -one basis in a way that's not really scalable. Yeah. So powerful. And we've talked about that. We call it feedback campaigns and I talking to him, he owns a network and he kind of laughed it off. What I think he laughed it was at the lack of scalability is that, you know, most of the stuff that he's doing is really because he wants something that you can, you know, dial in or turn up and and it's not not always like that the last thing jeremy that I, I wanted to touch on was in reading your newsletter a little bit you talk a lot about creativity at least recently that's kind of been been something that you've gone into and what i've realized in podcasting is that a lot of hosts can get into a routine right it's like i got my format music in fade out conversation music out because it's easy yep. They have a template for it. They can drop it in. And so it has its purpose. I found that some of the most magical moments of a podcast kind of come when you allow for, for that creativity. So can you talk about how creativity, how podcasters can balance that need for structure and for having an SOP or a template or whatever it may be with also being creative enough to give them what they need as creators, but then also find different formats and different solutions or different things in their show that could appeal to more listeners. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I am a huge systems nerd and love templates and SOPs and all of that kind of stuff. And I find my, that a, a lot of times like having a structure and a system, this is, this is kind of an interesting, I guess, question, because a lot of times creators hate systems and yet they find themselves working within them they have a template but they they don't like the idea of systems and they think it might take the the creativity out of it 
for myself, it's the opposite where like I need to start with a template and then I feel like I have room to make adjustments and, and explore and things like that. Like any website I've ever built for myself, I purely copied someone else. But by the time I was finished with it, that gave me the structure to be like, okay, I don't have to think about the structure of this website. If I'm looking to build an agency website, I'll look at another agency. If I'm looking to build a personal website, I'll look at people's personal websites that I like and I'll just take their structure and then I'll swap out all the content. I'll change the colors. And before long, I'm like actually changing the layout here and there, a little few tweaks here and you would never know it's the same thing. And so I think that starting with the structure is actually often very freeing for creative work for me and for, I know, most people that I've talked to who do creative work. So I think that, yeah, starting with a structure is is great. And there are, is so much that needs to be done with podcasting that if you don't have systems in place, it's going to be really hard to sustain. But like you mentioned, you can get just stuck in the rut then where you're just doing the same thing every single episode, especially when you don't feel like you have enough time to produce the show, let alone experiment with promotion or marketing or anything like that, which is where I think the vast majority of people are. And so if you can systemize as much as you can to the point where you gain back some extra time, that's where I think then you can start to have some fun with it. And again, I would just go back to like, start by copying people, like look at a show that you like, and there are interesting formats, interesting episode segments, interesting ways of doing an intro that might be different than what you do, interesting ways of segueing into ad breaks. Like everything that you do in your show, there is a different way to do it, even if it's not the, the normal way that most people do it. And, you know, one of the things that I harp on all the time is differentiation. And so if you're doing things the normal way that most podcasters do it, that's probably not actually a good thing. When we think it is because we're like, well, everybody else does it that way. That must be right. When in fact, your show doesn't really stand out as being different when you're doing it that way. And one of the things like that, that's a cue to listeners when they hear something that's different in format or, you know, audio quality or whatever it is, that sends some kind of signal. So if your audio quality is poor, going back to that conversation earlier, that sends a signal Then maybe that this person doesn't really take it that seriously. They're not willing to invest in a mic. Whereas when you have a different format that's really intriguing, all of a sudden they're like, oh, this is this is different than any other podcast I've heard before. Like, this is really interesting to me. And we've had some client shows that are much more like NPR style, but on a much smaller budget that we've produced for people where they get that feedback and their fans are like, wow, this isn't like any other podcast I've listened to. Like, it's, it's just so interesting where there's music and sound design and all this stuff that stands out to listeners. And I, I think the first step is noticing that stuff. What are other people doing? And I'm not saying you need to have sound design and music and all the stuff that takes, you know, 40 hours per episode to put together or anything like that. But just look at, especially, I would say the biggest area where people could benefit from experimenting is in the intros. In your first three minutes, listen to how NPR does this. Your job in the first three minutes is to get people to not turn off the episode. And so if you have five minutes of ads, okay, that works for you if you're Tim Ferriss and you've got millions of people who are subscribed to your journey here that you're going on every week. But if you're just starting out, that's not going to cut it. And people are turning that off. And if you then start, you've got a 10 minute kind of monologue where you're talking about your life. Like that might be interesting to your existing listeners. But if you're looking to get more listeners, that's not going to cause them to stick around because they don't know you and they don't care about you yet. And so really looking at like that, that would be my first recommendation with your first three minutes, listen to other podcasts that you admire and like look at the hooks or listen for the hooks and, and think about like, how are people doing this in a different way than I'm doing it right now? 
And how can I maybe just like take some of those pieces and, you know, maybe it's not doing exactly what they do, but maybe it's just playing with some of those elements and, and working them into your show. And you do one thing in one episode here, and then you try something else out in a different episode. Maybe you work on your, the, the tail end of the episode, maybe your opening question, start listening for that and seeing what people do for their, their opening question to the guest. If you do an interview show and start, you know, playing around with some of these different variables and, you know, Probably when you land on something, not all of these things are going to have immediate feedback, but every so often you run enough experiments and you'll get feedback from people be like, wow, like that was so different. I really liked how you opened that episode or you'll something will click for you and you'll be like, oh, wow. Like I remember one newsletter and I have been writing for years, in fact, but I, this was about like maybe 20 or 30 issues into my newsletter. And the way I was able to bring in this story and tie it into the lesson of what I wanted to talk about, that it resonated with me. And I was like, oh. That's how that's supposed to feel. It just felt tight. And it was this story. The lessons perfectly fit into the theme. And then it wrapped up kind of again, going back to the story at the end. And I was like, wow, that feels like how a real writer would do it. And once you do it once, then it's easier to do it again the second time. And you kind of are starting from a higher level almost. And you can kind of keep building on that. So there's something to be said about external feedback. But sometimes there's something you do that it's just it resonates with you. And you're like, oh, this is like my style. Like I'm, in, I'm getting clearer on that. And so I think that's why sometimes when you start out with these generic templates of like, OK, every everybody else is doing it where there's a, take a little pull clip from the episode. Then I do my intro. Then we go to the guest and then we have the outro and then the music and the start and end. Like that's how podcasts are done. But maybe that's not your personal style of podcast or the, the, the style that you're going to become associated with. And that's going to be successful for you in the long run. And the only way to get there is to try different things out. Yeah, it's really refreshing a to know that I'm not the only one who thinks the same way. So I, I appreciate that. That's really affirming. And, and, and just seeing that there's a lot of room for creativity in that structure. And perhaps that's our that's our nerdy system. This is there anything that you're thinking about right now? whether it's a, a tactic, a technology, an app, a tool, is there something new that you're excited about that you think podcasters can really gain a lot of benefit from? I mean, I love all the the tactics and tools and all that stuff. Um, like I'm a tool nerd and have just spreadsheets and spreadsheets of all these different podcasting tools that are interesting to me, most of which I've never tried because there's just too many of them popping up every single day, it seems. But the thing I'm like thinking most about recently is this idea that a thing that's going to be successful is a thing that's really true to you. And the problem with that is that you can't read a blog post. You can't take a course to do any of that. It's really self-reflective work. And one of the things that I've realized with my newsletter is that there are these themes that run. I, I didn't realize I just started writing and I'm coming up on, I think next week will be issue number 90 of the newsletter. So I've done 90 newsletters. I also wrote daily for nine months in 2020 or something like that. I think I've written close to 500 blog posts or writing pieces, newsletters in the past two years. And throughout all of this, I've started to notice these themes that actually tie it back to things like that I realized, oh, this has always been true for me. And to the point now where I've realized this newsletter, there's no competition because nobody else could possibly write this. It is so tied to my experience, not with the things I'm talking about, creative work, but to my personal internal experience as a human being and my history and all of these things and my interests. I write about creative work and all that kind of stuff. All, all these things that make my perspective unique on creative work have nothing to do with that. They're much more about travel and outdoor adventure and all these things. Like I, I've been traveling for five years. I did this uh, cycle tour that I mentioned and I've done like walked across countries and stuff like that. And I'm realizing like, oh, 
all those things are the stuff that comes through in my work that I'm not even realizing in the way I think about creative work is this very like journey, adventure, expedition, travel oriented thing. And I'm not telling travel stories. It's not a travel blog. These things come through in really subtle ways that probably many people wouldn't notice. And so I think that's the thing that I've noticed. And as I started analyzing more and more people who are successful in creative work, I'm like, oh, yeah, we spent so much time thinking about these tactics and strategies and all the stuff when beneath all that, there needs to be this human element to it that is unique to you that no one is going to be able to like tell you what that is necessarily and that you just need to be able to do that work and reflect on that and be like, what are the themes that run through my life? What are the questions I just obsess over and can't stop thinking about? And those are the things that are going to make your work unique. And so often we kind of cover that stuff up and we think, well, that's not a valid niche or anything like that. When in fact, those are the very things to lean into more because people aren't going to see that anywhere else but you. And that's not to say that everybody's going to just love that stuff. But when you find some of that stuff that, that you lean into it and start getting feedback on, like those are the things that are going to make th this kind of creative platform where, yeah, you don't have any competition because nobody else could possibly make that stuff. And I think that's the thing that I've just, since I've noticed that in myself, I'm like, wow, this is such an opportunity for people. And it is so often ignored. And I mean, it's it's because it's uncertain, really. And so really, that's what my newsletter is kind of about is exploring like, okay, how do we how do we draw the map for ourselves and do that kind of internal work? So that's the thing. It's not a not a tactical thing. It's it's not an easy win. It's like, that's your life's work is to figure that out. But I think that it's helpful to know, like, okay, that's what I'm working towards. So maybe it's going to take 10 years to get there. But whatever, I'm going to if I'm working towards that, I'm going to have a whole hell of a lot more fun than if I'm doing something just because I think I should be because this blogger says that's what I should do, or this podcaster like says that this is the only way to have podcasting success. For me, I want to do it in a way that is true to me and resonates with me, that I have fun doing, that feels additive and generative. And I think that that's the type of work that's ultimately going to be sustainable. And probably for that reason, it's going to be successful. And it's beautiful that podcasting offers that opportunity. The, the blog is jeremyends.com. Is that right? Yeah. So I have that one. And that's more where my, my main newsletter is. It's not podcasting oriented, but it's, I would say every podcaster is a creator. So it, if you identify as a creator, that's going to be a good place to go. I also have another podcasting specific blog at counterweightcreative.co slash blog. So that's all podcast advice. And you can find both of those and more. I'll set up a page for everyone listening to this at counterweightcreative.co slash MYP. Jeremy, thank you for, for doing this. I uh, I reached out out of the blue because I heard your brilliance on a, a Twitter space. And I said, we've got to have him on because we're cut from the same cloth yeah. and we probably were part of the same star or something. Yeah. Who knows? People can't see us, but my I was looking to the side because my wife and my daughter walked in and I try and talk to her about the things that we're talking yeah. about here with Jeremy. And she just looks at me blankly. <laughs> and uh, so I'm glad that I can have these combos yeah. with you, man. Awesome. Go follow Jeremy also on Twitter. I am Jeremy Ends. We, I am Hector underscore podcast and encourage you to go and check out counterweightcreative.co and we will see you guys on another episode of the MYP show. Later, y'all. <laughs>